It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Rams Nation! What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, and it's brought to you by Tom's Urban LA Live. Guys, check it out this week. We're hosting a watch party down there. Starts at 10 a.m. We got an early game. We're playing in the Midwest. Come and join me. Got a $15 beer and wing special. I'm going to be there. I'll be recording live. You got to check it out. More information coming on later in the show, but I better see you there. But for today, we got Vinny Bonsignor with us. Super excited. No more bye week. We got our guests back. We're back to our regular flow. I have a voice. I feel good. I can, I can do that. With my voice? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, per usual. Guys, don't forget to go subscribe and follow the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. Go hit the subscribe button. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Five star, I hope. But I'll take anything, any feedback. Let me know. It helps us move up in the ranking, so I do appreciate that. To all the new listeners, welcome. This is Lockdown Rams. Five days a week of Rams news, information, and updates with your boy Bear Motter, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group. I posted that event up there. I want to start to see some uh, confirmed people coming down. If you live in LA, no excuse. Don't watch the game at home. We've got this awesome place to do it. I'll be there. We'll be getting loud and proud. Hopefully, I don't lose my voice like my last uh, watch party session down in Mexico City. Shout out to all those peeps that were with me down there in Mexico City. Again, you can find us at Rams Podcast or my personal LA underscore Rambling Bear. Hit me up. Shoot me a DM if you have any questions. Also, if you're looking to advertise on the podcast, I actually run the whole LA area. So if you're interested, shoot me an email at LockdownRams at gmail.com. We've got some space for some of you guys that have companies that want to get your company onto the platform. So hit me up. But as for today, Vinny Bonsignor, I'll just get to it. I had a great conversation with him earlier, kind of picked his brain on coming out of the buy and what we can expect going to Detroit and to lead back. How much can we expect him to play? So here's my conversation I had earlier today with Vinny Bonsignor of The Athletic. Guys, go give him a follow at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter. But you know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation. Peace. Here's my conversation with Vinny. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. It is the Thursday edition. You know what that means. No more bye week. We've got Vinny Bonsignor back with us. Make sure to go give him a follow on Twitter, at Vinny Bonsignor. He puts up a lot of great content inside of the Rams and puts up a lot of great articles for The Athletic LA. Go check out and get a subscription there if you haven't already. Vinny, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. The batteries are recharged. Hit the reset button, button like the Rams, and uh, getting ready for the uh, for the last five weeks of the season. And uh, we all know that uh, there's probably going to be an after season. Uh, and and the way the Rams are playing, it looks like it might be a long one. 
Yeah, it's really exciting to kind of get ready and geared up for that. And as you look at the schedule, I mean, there's a few games that are kind of exciting. Obviously, uh, we've got the Bears coming up, which looks to be a good matchup. Uh, this one going across to Detroit, not so much exciting, but at the same time it is because we can cl- uh, clinch the division, which is always a good feeling. But I wanted to kind of go back because last time we talked to you, you were in Colorado Springs. We just found out that no one was going to Mexico City. Well, not nobody because I went to Mexico City. But <laughs> and, and, Exactly. <laughs> but actually, to give you a heads up, we actually met a bunch of awesome Rams fans down there. We took over the Buffalo Wild Wings, and the cool thing is they did some live shots on Monday Night Football to the bar we were at, at Buffalo Wild Wings, and Rams Nation was loud and proud, and we held down there. So we had a good time. A lot of a lot of Rams fans still made the trip, but you got to go to the game at the Coliseum. I haven't talked to you since, but so you know, let's recap really quick and talk to me about that experience, what that felt like, what that emotions were like before and after. Oh boy, what a uh it was a just a just a remarkable game um on so many different levels. There was so much talent on that field and so much creativity and the atmosphere was, you know, just off the charts. Um it was lit as they say and uh I mean like a Christmas tree. Uh I and I was, you know, I was I was down on the field for like the last 5 minutes or so. Um which was a an eventful last 5 minutes to say the least, but um you know, I, I, and I was looking around and, uh, you know, without aging myself or anything, I've been to some big, 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 big games at the Coliseum, some really big games, even when the Raiders were, were uh, you know, occupying the Coliseum and they punched their ticket to a Super Bowl. Um, there, there were some big games at the Coliseum, and I cannot remember an atmosphere um, as, as electric as, as that. And I, like I said, I've, I've seen USC, Notre Dame, USC, Oregon, you know, USC, UCLA, um, when, when, when USC was rolling big time, uh, and it still had a different elevated feel to it. Um, and I think that just the, the performance, the, the amount of talent, the electricity, it was a special night in Los Angeles. Yeah, it was fun to watch, you know, on TV and then hear, you know, um, people talking about it that were at the game. Uh, talking about it being basically the best regular season football game they've ever seen. There's a bunch of Super Bowls that are kind of up there. And, and you mentioned some of those big football games. I know this wasn't at the Coliseum, but that Texas-USC game, I saw some people compare it to that as far as just, you know, that last five minutes that you talked about going down to the field. What great timing to go down there because it was just end up being a crazy shootout. 35 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, the emotions were high. I can only imagine it was the same in the locker room with all the guys after the game and, and everything like that. So hopefully we can keep that energy uh, when it comes playoff time because it, the one thing about L.A., I've only been out here for about three or four years now, but there's so much going on, and they love winners. And, you know, if, if it's a Rams-Arizona game, it's not going to be lit, as you say. But when it gets to a good primetime game and it means something, uh, they're going to come out and support. It was good to see that. So hopefully we see that move forward in the playoffs and, like you said, have that deep run. Um so I want to talk to you about a couple other things here. And uh, I saw Sean McVay talked a little bit today. And, man, this team has gone through so much, obviously, in the last month. And, you know, with things that are outside the building and things that are inside the building and affects everybody. And then now all of a sudden we've got this other weather storm coming in with a bunch of rain. It sounds like they're going to move practice around. Talk to me about what Sean McVay is going to do with that, you know, big storm coming up. Yeah, um, it looks like there's going to be about a 45-minute, or I don't know how long it's going to be, but it'll be brisk uh, on, on Thursday afternoon uh, in lieu of a regular practice. It'll be a walkthrough. 
Um, we get closed off to the walkthroughs. Um, we're not allowed to watch any of it. <laughs> so we won't be able to see it, but, um, but it's going to be a quick, a quick workout. Um, and pretty much a sit. Then they'll go back on their weather permitting. Of course, they'll go back on their regular schedule on Friday before, you know, getting on a plane and heading to, uh, to, to Michigan. Um, so, you know, on one hand, uh, it's a bit of a disruption, but, um, on the other hand, the Rams are, are, are used to, you know, kind of being flexible with their schedule. Um, hasn't hurt them yet, uh, this year. And, you know, without trying to disparage the Lions uh, at, at all, you know, I think they, I think the, the opponent, you know, if, if there was a week where something like this was going to have to happen, uh, this is the right week for it to happen. And, and you know, they're kind of used to just uh, resting guys and, and, and you know, uh, uh, managing their schedule, although Thursday is their heavy day. Uh, they, put, they do a lot on Thursdays, but, you know, if there's one guy that's going to be able to, to uh, mitigate any kind of disruption, it will be Sean McVay, and I think this team being as conscientious and as professional as it is will we'll handle it well, too. Yeah, and, and I don't want to look too far ahead, but I always look at, you know, when you start to get ready for that Super Bowl push, and let's say you win the NFC Championship game, there's that two weeks of downtime in between the Super Bowl, and there's a lot of media and a lot of stuff pulling you around, and I feel like it's these types of moments throughout the season that can make them strong for that time to really stay focused because they've been challenged multiple times throughout the season as far as how well can they stay focused. Sean McVay's done a good job so far. Uh, you talked about the Lions kind of being, you know, without kind of bashing the Lions, probably the best case scenario we can have for this schedule. Also goes the same with Aqib Tlaib being back. We're going to talk a little bit more about that on the other side, but we're going to take a quick break. Get some words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Thursday episode with Vinny Bonsignor. All right, guys. You know what we're going to talk about next. I mentioned it earlier in the show, but I'm super excited about this. you got to come join us this Sunday down at Tom's Urban. It is the place to be pre- or post-game, and it's right down by LA Live. It's a jump shot from Staples Center and a swing pass from the Coliseum. From 2 to 5, Monday through Friday, anything that pours is half off. Anything that pours is half off. Plus, from 10 to close, Sunday through Thursday, you can get the same deal. Tom's Urban has a huge local beer selection and has a revamped menu. And trust me, I tried like everything on the menu. They brought us in. That food there is so good. I've been back twice since we went the first time. It is my new spot to go when I'm down by LA Live, you can't miss out. Anything from the traditional honey barbecue wings to the adventurous duck wings, whatever your palate, Tom's Urban has got you covered. Make sure to ask Harrison, who's the GM there, about the U-Pour floor experience on the second floor. 50 taps of self-service pint possibilities. Yes, self-service. Literally, you get a card, you swipe, you, the taps are open. Pour as you may. Try whatever you want. They've got all the selections you could ask for. Go to tomsurban.com backslash locked on to see the special deal that we're offering you, the locked on listeners. If you're in the LA area, I better see you there. That's tomsurban.com backslash locked on. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. It's the Thursday episode. We've got Vinny Bonsignor. I'm your host, Bear Motter. We're talking all things Rams. We're talking about the Lions matchup. We said kind of on the other side, uh, kind of a great matchup for multiple reasons. We're getting kind of shifted around with the practices and everything like that. And then also, Aqib Tlaib is back. And and if there's anyone that's setting up for a great matchup, uh, looking across the field and seeing their wide receivers and who's activated and who's not, uh, pretty good matchups for him. Talk to me about him coming back this week. I know McVay is still hasn't really said the full go-ahead yet. I mean, they haven't activated him onto the 53 as far as uh, getting game time ready, but it sounds like all things are pointing to that. But how about him matching up this week and kind of getting, I don't want to say easy game, but kind of a nice game to welcome him back? Yeah, um, you know, the, the, the Lions uh, wide receiver core is a little bit decimated. Um, so, you know, if you're, if you are looking to ease them in, uh, this would be the way to do it. Um, all things considered. Um, but, but, you know, one way or another, whether it's this week or Chicago or, or, you know, at some point after that, <clears throat> Akib is going to be back. And, you know, I believe he's going to have a pretty big impact, you know, not just for what he can provide on the field. That's pretty obvious. You know, he's going to be able to, the, the Rams are finally going to be able to see, you know, that, that quarterback tandem that they envisioned uh, coming into this season. And I think that that's going to help on the back end. I think it could benefit on the front end. I think, you know, if you have two quarterbacks that are taking away first reads from the quarterback, you know, that gives your, your defensive line um, a little bit more time to, to get after the quarterback. So, so you hope that um, for the Rams' purposes, he's going to have that kind of an impact, and I think he will. And it just settles things in their secondary. You know, Nickel, uh, Roby Coleman can go back to what his role. Uh, Sam Shields can go back to the role that, that, that they had for him coming into this season. It just makes things pretty seamless now in the secondary, and they have enough time with a month or so in the regular season to get it all squared away, get everything tightened up so that they're um, you know, at optimal performance when they hit the playoffs, provided everybody stays healthy. So with Tlaib coming back, and you know, we've seen in the past when McVay kind of gives the green light on somebody, he hasn't really seemed to have a pitch count much with people. I mean, we saw Fowler have three or four days of practice, and you know, he threw him in there even more than we expected, even on non-passing situations. I remember going back to when Marcus Peters short, played on that short week, and he played almost every single snap. What do you expect for Tlaib? Let's say he does play this week. Uh, how many plays do you think we'll see him, or do you think there's just kind of let him go? Yeah, I mean, we're going to find out, you know, uh, uh, today if he's if he's a go for, for Sunday. Um, but, you know, the, the ramp of leaning on their training staff and the player himself uh, to get a good idea of what to expect. And as you mentioned, 
you know, when guys get the green light, they get the green light. Um, there's no holding back. And I think that that's sort of a philosophy that, uh, that the Rams have and Sean McVay has. Like, if you're ready to go, you're ready to go. And there's no restrictions. There's no, uh, like you said, pitch count. It's, it's full go ahead. Otherwise, if we have to make all sorts of adjustments to accommodate because you're not quite ready, then you probably shouldn't be out here. That's how I think you should play it. You know, if you're there, if you're, if you're in uniform, you're ready to go. Um, as many plays as we need you to play. Otherwise, then, you know, it's, it's not a really good option. So I think that if he does play, it's full bore ahead, and uh, I would expect him to play the full game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there as well. And, and you talked about the training staff there briefly, and what is it about Ted Rath and that group that it makes them so different from the rest of the NFL? I mean, you look at our injury report today. I mean, there's there's nobody on it. It's it's a couple people mispracticed, but that's really just held out for rest. And I think Westbrook got sick or something like that. But what are we doing differently, or is it just luck? But this is a couple years in a row now. But what what's up with this training staff and those guys? Have you had a chance to talk to any of them and what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to give you uh, a blow-by-blow. Um, there's some proprietary-type um, uh, 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 stuff that they do. Um, you know, and, and not that there's anything devious or anything that, that's going on, but they have their own way of looking at things and analyzing things and doing things, and, and I think that they want to keep that, you know, under undercover just for competitive, you know, uh, uh, purposes. So they don't kind of – they don't really give you a good idea of, of, of exactly how the sausage is cooked, but what I do know and what I can say is that they're very proactive. They're very in tune um, – they're an enlightened group. They're a young group. Uh, they're an aggressive group. Uh, and, and they don't leave any stone unturned. So if there's a way, if there's a remedy, if there's a, a new way to, to train, if there's a new way to monitor, um, they're on top of it. And uh, you could talk to the players, the coaches. There's a great appreciation for that training staff um, and, and, and how they uh, manage things. And, and you can tell. Uh, that it's that it that it that it helps uh, you know a, a lot. Now the Rams have dealt with a way more injuries this year than they did last year. Last year was sort of one of those freak of nature type of a seasons where guys just didn't get hurt. Um, you know uh, this year a lot different. But the fact that these guys are able to come back. Uh, you know you mentioned Marcus Peters. He came back way sooner than anyone expected. And uh, Akib Talib, you know, had surgery eight weeks ago, and he's back, and he looks pretty yeah. good, you know, uh, the, the yeah. limited time that we've seen him. And I got to, you know, you got to tip your cap to the medical staff and training staff for getting him to this point, um, and then and then even moving forward. So I'm not quite sure what it is that they do, but whatever <laughs> it is, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, talk about everyone on the Rams getting long-term extensions and big uh, signing bonuses. I think it's Ted Rath and those guys' turn to – uh, get a bonus check because they've been doing one heck of a job so far. And, yeah. um, you know, talking about Talib coming back. And another guy that we saw this last week was Farrell Cooper back in action. And, again, one of those guys that came off of the injuries and then all of a sudden he was out playing the first week back. Talk to me about how he's doing recovery-wise. And then, you know, are we expecting to see him have a bigger role maybe in a wide receiver area? Or is he going to strictly, uh, strictly be a special teams guy still? Yeah, I, I think um, if there's some opportunities there, uh, you know, you might see him, uh, you know, more or, or on the field a little bit. But boy, it's tough to crack this this, this lineup right now, uh, as good as, as it is. And and you know, they've dipped into, 
you know, their fourth wide receiver with, with Josh Reynolds and Hodges getting a little bit of time as well uh, here and there. Um, but it's, a, it's such a good group. Um, you know, it's hard to see him uh, cracking it, you know, barring any sort of an, an, an injury. And I think right now uh, his role is to return kickoffs. Um, and, and, and maybe punts. We'll see what the, how the roster shakes out. You know, somebody has to go when uh, Akib does get activated to the 53, so we'll keep an eye on, on who that might be. Um, so uh, that might change things a little bit. But, yeah, I don't – I mean, I'd like to think that Farrell uh, is given some more snaps offensively, especially I could definitely see him being a jet sweep type of a weapon. Right. Um, but – you know, like I said, there's just so much talent on that offense, and they, and and the the players that are out there are so productive. Um, you know, it's just really hard to crack it, and that's not a uh, that's not indicative of Pharaoh's talent at all. Just look at a guy like Josh Reynolds. You know, um, his his time was really limited when when uh, Cooper Cup was healthy, uh, but it it certainly wasn't for lack of a talent on Josh's part. It's just lack of opportunities. Yeah, I agree with you there. And then also the tight end play has been outstanding the last few weeks. And I think yeah. that goes to it, too. You know, if we weren't getting production there, you start to shake things up and maybe get them into the lineup. But you're right. Everyone that's in there, I mean, coming off a game where you score 50-something points and, you know, everyone's been producing. But our tight ends have been amazing the past couple of weeks. And, you know, Sean McVay, former tight end coach, is finally going back to a little bit of his roots here. And it's been exciting to watch. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside Take another break, get some words from some sponsors. We'll be right back. More on the other side with Vinny Bonsignor. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fancy Football with your Locked On Fancy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fancy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation. Third and final segment, we are joined, as always, Thursday, Locked On Rams with Vinny Bonsignor. Vinny, we're coming out of the bye, and, you know, Sean McVay is a head coach, doesn't have a long list as far as, you know, what his record is. He obviously came out of the, the bye last week with a win. Uh, looking at him and looking at the style of coach, you think that he's going to kind of be one of those, like, Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, like where he's really tough out of a bye. He kind of said that he took some time off, but he's always watching football. Uh, talk to me about what you think Coach McVay is going to be, not only just now, but long-term as a coach coming out of a bye and maybe his style of coaching and how that plays to that. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's top-notch in so many different areas. You would expect him to be, um, you know, really good coming out of a bye or figuring it out or, or – at the very least, he's going to, uh, again, leave no stone unturned in terms of making sure his team is in the best possible position, whether it's, you know, uh, how they 
body right. All of those type things, I think whatever it is, he's going to figure out a way um, to be on top of it uh, with the latest kind of information. So I would expect his teams, um, especially now with so much talent that he has, um, and it's a professional group. I I know I harp on that a lot, uh, but, you know, Sean will tell you that he's very, very fortunate um, because, you know, he'll never toot his own horn at all. Uh, I will for him. He's a fantastic coach, and I think he has a chance to go down as one of the great coaches of all time, and I'm not blowing smoke. I really sincerely believe that I've been around a lot of great coaches, and he's right up there with all the qualities that you look for. But setting that aside, you also have to have great players and professional players and and intelligent players and and conscientious players, and, and he knows that he's really fortunate with this group that he has all of that and then some um, with this group. So I think the combination of Sean McVay, his coaching staff, and the type of players that he has in that locker room uh, should make for pretty seamless transitions or, or processes when you're, you're, you're dealing with a, a, a bye week. And with so much to play for right now in terms of, you know, like you said, they could, they could clinch the, their second straight NFC West Division Championship with a win on Sunday – um, there's larger goals in mind. They want to chase down the New Orleans Saints to make sure that the Super Bowl run in the NFC goes right through Los Angeles and nowhere else. They want that. Um, and so I don't expect any letdowns. Um, I expect their full attention and their full efforts um, on, on Sunday. So I think that, you know, the bye week is of no concern in terms of are they going to come out flat, are they going to come out rusty or anything like that. I think they come out uh, just full throttle. Well, you kind of answered my question and my next question, but I'll still go forward with it. Um, you know, we talk about trap games all the time, and we just talked about coming out of the bye and, and all those great things that, you know, Coach McVay, the team, the organization that we see in them. But going on the road, a beat-up Lions team, you got a, you know, potential big game the very next week. I know they're very good at staying focused, but any chance, any chance that – uh the Lions pull a upset here, and if so, how would it be? Um, wow. Uh, any chance? Yes, there's always a chance. Uh, could they come out flat? Yeah, they could come out flat. Um, I do think that the bye week actually helped them uh, in in relative to, you know, had they had to come back six days later after that emotionally draining roller coaster ride of a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, maybe you would be looking at, you know, a bit of a uh, – you know, an emotional um, you know, or an emotionally drained team playing the Lions six days later. But the fact that they were able to, you know, replenish and reset and all that, I think, helps that. How can the Lions win? Um, they're going to have to hope that the Rams turn the ball over about three or four times. Uh, they're going to have to hope that the Rams, when they do get into the red zone, uh, don't cash in touchdowns and are settling for field goals or are turning the ball over. Uh, in the red zone, and they're going to have to play almost perfectly offensively, um, and especially they're going to have to, you know, uh, develop some sort of a, a, a ground game to maybe play a little bit of keep away from the Rams' offense. So it's going to have to take a really, really, really bad effort by, by the Rams, lots of mistakes and that sort of thing, uh, and then the, the Lions just playing a nearly perfect football game for them to be in this game. And, and, and you know, I, I truly believe that this is not a game that the Rams should really have much trouble with um you know relative to the score yeah we're gonna really have to shoot ourselves in the foot to to make that a really competitive game but like you said there's always a chance any given sunday uh this next kind of comment question comes from uh one of our listeners on facebook his name is rich jenkins thanks for reaching out rich 
Uh, here's what he had to say, and I want to get your thoughts on this. But he said, random thought. We're a team that makes great halftime adjustments. I feel like on the other side of this bye week is going to be our second half. Mark my words, this run defense and defense overall is going to look a little bit different moving forward. Obviously, we got Tlaib back, but what are your thoughts on, you know, it's a late bye week, but kind of like Tlaib said, this is the final push. Do you expect our defense to take this big breather and just like our halftime adjustments come out and play better? Yeah, uh, and, and I do believe they need to, um, you know, uh, not necessarily just for this game, but, you know, for for the larger goals that they have uh, in mind. You know, I did a little digging in their in their run defense, and, and you know, it's it's on paper it's not good. You know, they're giving up uh, the second worst um, yards per carry average, 5.2 yards per carry. Um, you know, I think they're, they're 12th, I think it is, or somewhere around there, somewhere around the, the, the worst. 10 um, in, in yards given up per game. But on the other hand, and I'm not trying to make any excuses here, but if you, if you, if you take out 463 of the yards that they've given up this year were in two games against the, the, the Seahawks, who just hang their hat on running the ball. And they have a quarterback who can run the ball. Um, so if you take out that 463 yards in two games against the Seahawks, no, we can't, but if you just did, play with me here for a second – uh, that average goes down from 5.2 to 4.1 or 4.2, somewhere around there. In other words, really pretty respectable. It'd be it would be you know uh, above middle of the pack uh, if that's what they were giving up yard you know yards per carry um, rather than what they what they are. So it's a little bit deceptive because so much of it came against one team. Now I did point out in a story that I wrote the problem with that is you're going to maybe have to play this uh, the. the you know, the, the Seahawks again, if things, you know, uh, uh, if the cookie crumbles in, in that way, they could very well see the Seahawks in the playoffs. Uh, and in addition to that, 141 or 43, somewhere around there, were against the Saints. So that was a team that also was able to, to run the ball. And we all know that they're probably headed for a showdown uh, against them. So long story short, I think some of the run issues are – um, a little bit distorted because of who they played and, and, and the intention that those teams like the, like the Seahawks have to running the ball. But some of it also is poor tackling, or especially early on in games. Um, you know, guys trying to make individual plays rather than just playing, um, you know, their responsibilities and their gap responsibilities and getting burned uh, as a result. So I do think that they are going to make that a priority um, to stop the run. Uh, a little bit better, uh, but I'm not so so worried about it. Um, you know that I think that it's going to be their their downfall or, or, or demise. I think that um, they'll manage it. Um, they'll, they'll manage it enough so that it's not going to be the thing that kills them. Yeah, you're right, and and that is good to kind of look at that and how the stats kind of play. It's always fun kind of playing with stats, and I bet Seattle wishes they can go back and. Maybe not take out those rush yards, but try to figure out what to do on a fourth down conversion. They, they might have a couple more wins, but uh, the football games have been played. And uh, now we're going out to Detroit here. And the spread is right now, or last I saw it, was 10 points on my bookie. Uh, give me your thoughts on that spread. Are we going to cover? I mean, I can't. Yeah, yeah I do think you, I think, think you cover. Uh, one thing I know about this team, they love winning. Um, you know, they love performing, and I think that, you know, the bye week was fantastic, and everyone that I talked to thoroughly um, enjoyed themselves in terms of just being able to 
unplug. Um, and, you know, I've been around championship teams before, and you need that every once in a while. You have to have that because it's full bore ahead since, what, the last week of January or uh, July uh, for training camp and then right on through uh, the first 11 games of the season. And a high level of play, uh, high-stakes games, uh, some shootouts, some slugfests. Uh, you're getting everybody's best shot. This is a Rams team that no longer, uh, you know, just, just surprises people. People are bracing for them and ready to, to get after them and, and take a little, you know, get a little reputation made by beating them. So they're getting everybody's best punch. So right. to be able to unplug came at the perfect time. And, and I think that they um, are itching to get back there. So I think that that combination of just their, their, their real, uh, enthusiasm for, for wanting to win and wanting to put on a good show and the fact that they haven't been out there for a couple of weeks now, um, they're going to they're gonna throttle it up and, and I think have a pretty easy time against the Lions. Yeah, what a crazy schedule to have a bye that late. You're right. I mean, since training camp till you know, a week ago, they were go, 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 go. Break came at a great time and with a great record, which is always nice when that happens. And I'm with you. I think uh, this is one of those teams and we talk about great teams and going far in the playoffs. <laughs> you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and beat them handily. And this is one where we've got a lot of close games. You go back to the Seattle game, New Orleans games, Kansas City game. Like, it's just been nerve-wracking and close. I think it's time that they finally get a very comfortable win on the road, get them back into that mind mentality of being able to handle business on the road and get back to winning on the road. Uh, so I'm with you. I think I'm looking at like a 31 to 10, 31-17 maybe. A big 15-point gap is where I'm thinking on this one. Matt Stafford trying to force something late, and we get some extra points. But, uh, Vinny, we appreciate it, guys. Make sure to go give him a follow, at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter. The Athletic LA. Get a subscription if you don't have one already. And, Vinny, we look forward to your coverage throughout the week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, bud. All right, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Locked on listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked on Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no nonsense, straight to the point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked on Fantasy Football, only on the Locked on Network.